nothing you have ever experienced can prepare you for the unbridled carnage you're about to witness. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. I like it a lot. You're excited to feel these nipples. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? Gangsters, what's up, guys? That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Those goofy bastards are just about the best thing I've got going in this crazy world. Woo! I'm the man. Woo! You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Good evening, Kentucky, and no, no reason at all to adjust your calendars, your time, your clocks. It is the voice of Triple Threat Talk right here. We are coming at you on a Tuesday because tomorrow night the Indianapolis Pacers kick off their regular season action. So we are moved to Tuesday night. We're going to be hanging out with you here, 9 to 11, as the beautiful remnants of Hurricane Patricia, the strongest storm ever recorded in the Western Hemisphere, or is now gracing us, gracing us with, with her presence. Uh, it broke the hurricane scale, by the way, a scale 8, uh, measured on 8.0, it measured an 8.3 at its strongest. That's what we call breaking the scale. Anyways, good evening. I am Gary, the Dr. Lockard of Triple Threat Talk, joined as always by my PIC, my homeboy, my uh, my fellow American, my fellow ex-groomsman, uh, Mr. Jimmy Biggers. Jimmy, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing well. Uh, I guess I'll be an ex-groomsman <laughs> uh, until you ask me to do it again. That's right. That's right. I thought you were Canadian. <laughs> Is he Canadian? He does like hockey. So yeah, I thought you were Canadian. So when he said fellow American, I mean Canadian American. We got we got oh, TK Canada. <laughs> we got TK rocking the board back there. How you doing, TK? I root for Toronto Blue Jays, so I guess I, I at one point was called a Canuck you know, by most of my coworkers. So maybe you, I'm Canadian. You you're crazy, just a you're just a mother Canucker. Canucker. You know? <laughs> just a mother Canucker. That, we was, got, that was one of my more favorite nicknames. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got TK back there. TK, how's it hanging? Uh, mostly to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is, it is definitely odd being here on it a is. Tuesday. Like, I thought really, it was Wednesday all it's day. It's really throwing me off. Yeah. Yeah, I've already started to to look over my fantasy free agent pickups because I have to do them on Wednesday night. And when I see you guys in here, it almost is like my brain triggers to go do fantasy free agent pickups. <laughs> well, it's good that I, you're I already to, working. And I went on to log it. in and it, it, it wasn't. It told me it wasn't open for claims. Something. It's Wednesday night. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is Triple Threat Talk, brought to you by Kentucky Personal Defense. Uh, we got the Triple Threat Talk hotline. The Oxmoor, technically the Oxmoor. Ford and truck buzz line, 384-1450. Ford Lincoln. Ford Lincoln, thank you, 384. Oh, hopefully, I think we got the phone line I think, Yeah, I tried to call it earlier. Last week, some of you all may recall, we were having a little bit of trouble getting the phones uh, getting the phones on. However, that problem has been resolved. So if you wanted to call in anything we talked about last week, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the Louisville sex scandal this week because we did cover it all last week. Pretty much. But uh, due to the phones being down... If you did want to call in and weigh in on that, we will allow that, 384-1450. We definitely want to get everyone's takes, especially if you had a take on one of our takes. That almost got confusing there for a it second. It did a little bit. So, But 384-1450 is the, uh, is the buzz line there here on 1450 WXVW. So, you know, um, I guess let's dig right on into it. Um, NASCAR fans had a little bit of a kerfuffle this weekend. <laughs> just, a, just a smidgen. 
Well, so. well, if you were a Dale Jr. fan, you got a little bit of a kerfuffle, as you, you said. You got your fe- your feathers there, kerfuffled. There was a lot of people up in arms about what happened on Sunday at Talladega. As many of you all know that watched NASCAR and followed along last week before the race at Talladega, they instituted a new green-white checkered rule, whereas beforehand, uh, NASCAR policy states they will do three attempts at a green-white checkered if after the third, another wreck occurs, a caution flag will occur, the race is over. But due to the recent incidents at restrictor play tracks and what has been going on, especially after the horrifying wreck at Daytona involving Austin Dillon, NASCAR changed the green-white checker rule to one attempt at restrictor plate races. So at Talladega and Daytona, we only have one attempt at this particular race. It was a pretty clean race all throughout the day. Excuse me, only uh, two caution flags up until the last part of the race. We were coming to the first attempt at a green-white checkered. Now, this is where it starts to get a little hairy. Kevin Harvick uh, was having engine trouble late in the race, and he was teetering on the brink of elimination of missing the chase if something would have happened to him or his car there at the end. He moved to the outside and was dropping back. Well... Right before the green flag waved, Kyle Larson and Jimmy Johnson crashed. So even though the green light said green, NASCAR ruled because they didn't cross the start-finish line. Technically, the first attempt never actually happened. So they said, that doesn't count. We're going to do another one. I disagree. Here's why. Number one, the green light was on. The flagman may have not weighed the green flag, but if you're going by what they've gone by all year and what the big stink's been for the last couple months and what the drivers have been uh, complaining and pissing about the most is the restart box. And according to them, the restart box starts the race. So Joey Logano and Dale Earnhardt Jr., the green light was on. They went through the restart box. There's a crash. I get it. They didn't make it to the start-finish line, so they said, temp, nope, doesn't count, okay? It is what it is. NASCAR makes the rules. They want to say it didn't count. Fine. I'm fine with that. Whatever. I still disagree. That should have been the end of the race right there. End of discussion. Period over. Done. Boom. So, we hearken up forward a few minutes later. Green flag comes out a little bit different this time. Harvick goes. He gets his spot back. Uh, he goes to get to the outside. Trevor Bain is there. He clips Trevor Bain, causes an 11 car pileup, uh, mass wrecks. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who was running second, had to win to advance to the round of eight. He was right on the cusp of making the round of eight for the chase, finishes second because of this. And what I have a problem with, uh, before I detail it more, is this wreck occurred probably, oh, 500 feet past the wreck before. And you said that didn't count? So how does 500 feet make a difference? This, this, is, this is where I have a problem. You know, NASCAR said, well, caution's out. It didn't count. Five, next next t- uh, green-white checkered attempt, there's a wreck. It happens like 500 feet down the track. They say race is over, that attempt counts. If you're going to say that one counted, then the first one should have counted. Now, 
Where the problem ensues is many of people thought with Kevin Harvick's engine woes, Kevin Harvick should have put his car behind the wall or dropped to the tail end of the field, and this 11-car pileup wouldn't have happened. Here's where I say, shut up. Because if it was you, if it was Gary Lockard, and you were racing for the Sprint Cup, and you... It's Doc, by the way. uh, Well, still, (laughs) regardless, regardless, if it was you, and you... We're in the same situation. You had a car that the engine was engine troubles with the car. You knew that you were going to need a miracle to make it. You would have done the same thing Kevin Harvick did. You would have tried to held your position, even with a soured engine, and tried to limp around to the finish. Am I right or am I right? I, I am more. And, you know, you, you probably know this, but I can tell you're passionate about this. Right. So you probably... You probably, it's just probably not registering with you right now because I know you know me better than that. Right. I'm more of an ends justify the means kind of guy. Right. I understand. So but, it, but, if if I was Kevin Harvick, I would have slammed those brakes and did what I had to do to reserve myself for the chase and the greater and good. And that's what he was doing. Yeah. So that, I, I, the ends justify the means. That, and that's why I say all these drivers and fans that are complaining, get over it. If I, it was your driver that was doing this, you wouldn't be saying a word. If if Jimmy Johnson still had the opportunity to be in the chase and this was Jimmy Johnson, the Jimmy Johnson fans out there wouldn't be saying, oh, well, Kevin Harvick did this on purpose. Oh, you know what? That's bull crap. You know, no way, no how. Kevin Harvick did what he had to do. The old saying goes, you did what you had to do. Mm-hmm. He did what it takes. I don't fault blame him at all. Even if he did intentionally turn into Trevor Bain, did you think he thought it would ensue in an eleven car pilot? No, probably not. Am you had I that on I sixty five the other day? That's crazy. <laughs> it, and and am I saying he did it on purpose? We don't know. He says he did. Of course he did. But we we you know I'm 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 in the camp of he did what he had to do. Lay off now. When it comes to Dale Junior. Dale Earnhardt Junior. As I said, he was in a win to get in scenario. He had a rough couple races in the in the uh, this particular round of three races, and he had to win to get in at Talladega, which for Dale Jr. that's usually no problem. He's won two out of the three restrictor plate races this season, heading into Talladega. Dominated most of the race, came down to the end, and due to the green white checkered and the caution finish, he finished second. Uh, after video review, you can clearly see that Joey Logano has a bumper out in front of Dale Jr. Uh, when the caution does come out, therefore, per NASCAR rule, there was one attempt, and at the end of the caution, Dale Jr. had was behind by just the bumper length of Joey Logano, so Joey Logano sweeps the round of three, Logano winning all three races in this round, and Dale Jr. does not move on. Uh, complete, cla- uh, very class and very stand-up interview by Dale Jr. after the race, saying, quote, you know, NASCAR makes the rules. We have to follow them. We know those rules. I'm proud of my guys. We ran second. That's his take. Let's go to the other side of the fence and the coin of the uh, Dale Jr. fans. Dale Jr. fans are, oh, they screwed Dale Jr. They don't want him in the final eight. The Dale Jr. this, and NASCAR is just trying to screw over Dale Jr., First off, you couldn't be completely far from the truth because, A, 
Dale Jr. is the most popular driver in NASCAR for like the umpteenth dozen year in a row. It's like the one title he's never going to lose. You cannot. It's almost like death and taxes. You can guarantee that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to be the most popular driver in NASCAR. So to say that NASCAR had it out for Dale Jr. and that NASCAR purposely is going to screw Dale Jr. over is ridiculous. Take a book out of your driver's page. Do what you need to do. Have some class. Be stand-up about it. Your driver took the high road. Why don't you join it with him instead of throwing beer bottles at Joey Logano and looking like a jack wagon at Talladega? Completely ridiculous. But in any case, Joey Logano wins. As I said, he he sweeps all three races. So now he advances on to the round of eight, which uh, you still have several contenders in there, as do I, Kyle Busch, uh, Kevin Harvick. Uh, we have Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Keselowski, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Carl Edwards. We pretty much called the final eight. I think we got think the final four still in there. Yeah. I believe the only four, four. The only person that can move on to the final four and really, there are two contenders that can move to the final four and screw us over: Kurt Busch and Martin Truex. Jr. I think Carl Edwards. I don't think neither one of us had Carl Edwards. Did neither one? Of, I thought no. one of us had Carl. I don't think so. So there's three of them. Then. Yeah. Okay. I'll take I'll take five out of eight. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, should be I mean, because I think one of us had Kurt Busch in there. We uh, both and we both d- had Matt Kenseth d- d- as yeah. well. Yeah, so and I, he's out. Yeah, I just I I mean that's just crazy. It is. How are we not on the NASCAR? Hell, I don't even watch NASCAR, <laughs> and I called this thing. So I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> but as I said, as controversial as it was, um, you know, Logano wins. They have video for a reason. NASCAR reviewed the video. Can you tell baseball that? Uh, I wish. (laughs) I wish. I wish. And they even, NASCAR even took all the way till today. They released a statement today, finally. So the race was on Sunday. It took till today to release the official results. And they ruled that the results were official. Logano wins. Dale Jr. second. And how would you like to have had money on that in Vegas? Like, had to know. Had to wait so many days. Well, until, yeah, because yeah. I mean, you got to wait two days for the yeah. outcome. Yeah. And as they and NASCAR even said that Kevin Harvick did no wrong. There was no wrongdoing on Kevin Harvick's fault. No. So they reviewed the tape, and and unless you were in the car with him, which obviously you can't be in the car with him, you don't know for sure if he did what he did on purpose. Am I saying he did? Yeah, probably so. It's one of those. You kind of know. You kind of know, but you kind of don't. It's it's kind of like the Chargers game this past week. Uh, Charger, there was 12 men on the field, and the Charger that was supposed to get substituted uh, was kind of jogging off to the sideline, knew he wasn't going to make it in time, and faked an injury. Yeah. You know, did he really fake it, or was he really hurt? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, it'll the top, be— The top eight, though, real quick. Yes. Joey Logano, Carl Edwards, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and the car totals are 4-2-2, two, two, being Chevy, Ford, and Dodge, respectively. Toyota, not Dodge. Toyota, Toyota, sorry. No, Toyota. There is no Dodges no in Dodge, No Dodges, Toyota, yeah. sorry. So it, it'll be an interesting chase. They go, to the, they go from the biggest track on the circuit to the shortest track on the circuit, Martinsville, Martinsville. Speedway, the little pa- I knew that one. The paperclip, as they call one. it. So, because I thought Bristol was the smallest one, and, like uh, ten years ago, right. and then they said no, Martinsville is, and I was like, hey, I'm going to remember that. <laughs>
So you can best believe that there's any payback that's needed. It's going to happen this week, uh, especially in the case of Joey Logano and Matt Kenseth two weeks ago. Logano, of course, dumping Matt Kenseth and pretty much ending his chase hopes uh, when he crashed him to win uh, two weeks ago at Kansas Speedway. So I imagine if Kenseth has any payback in his mind, it's going to happen at the shortest track of the circuit. Trevor, wake up. Uh, are we still talking NASCAR? Yeah. Okay, I'm muting myself. <laughs> <laughs> Here. Uh, so uh, very, very interesting stuff. And with that, we're going to get our first break out of the way. When we come back, we're going to talk a little World Series. That's coming up next. Triple Threat Talk presented by Kentucky Personal Defense. You're on 1450 The Sports Buzz, WXVW. We'll be right back. The new three were crazy with Rod Keneal and Casey. The Amazons were the brand new kids in town. From the polo grounds to Shea, they played the game their way. By hook and by cook, they wrote a new book when they were around. I'm talking baseball, Roger Craig and Jerry, amazing baseball. Elio, Throneberry, Choo Choo, Thomas, Charlie, Neal, and Wes. Al Jackson, he always gave his best. Talking baseball, baseball and the Mets. As they got the, a little old, what's going on here? They played this is, a little This is good. And is this? Took the We're talking baseball. So. Right. What is this music? We're talking baseball. You've never heard, you've never heard talking baseball? A negative, sir. I listen to good music. It's like a popular folk song. Yeah, but so is the Legend of Daniel Boone. I don't go around cranking that in my car. So Terry Cat, it's been done so many times by so many different people. Oh boy! Welcome back to Triple Threat Talk, brought to you by Kentucky Personal Defense. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Lincoln Buzz Line three eight four fourteen fifty. Here you go. Hold on. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. Yogi read the comics all the Please way. someone call us at 384-1450. We realize it's past a lot of people's bedtimes. Please call. Please call me. The best is the Simpsons version when they had the, all the baseball players in season one. I, actually, I was I was looking hey. I was looking for a good opportunity to do this, but if you call me right now and save me from my misery, I will give you a $25 gift card to BBC. I, I will. I, we've got one in the storage vault. I would do it right now. Call me, 384-1450. For the record, by the way, it is bottom of the fourth and 1-1. One, one one, one. I was about to say that. Well, you didn't seem like you were well, very interested in talking about baseball. I, so I thought no, I just know. didn't know the song. Well, then you don't know baseball. It was are an you, amazing Mets song. Come, come on, on, are you kidding me, Smalls? Yes. No, it's, are you ki- You're killing me. You're killing me, You even me, got Smalls. the wrong quote from Sandlot. I know. <laughs> God! You guys are both terrible people. 384 $25 gift card so, to BBC. You know they have baseball in San Francisco, right? The yeah, Giants. it's called the Giants. I mean, do you claim the Giants? or I I kind of claim the Giants. I'm more so claim the Reds, from. but I do claim the Giants as well. I mean, you not you don't follow baseball? I not much. No. No. I used to, but then I grew up. 
Well, that's, that's hey, it's the, America's pastime. Yeah, yeah. So, so says, uh, says the man who named his car after a transformer. So uh, what's so, wrong with that? I mean, it's the grown-up part. Swindle. Uh, it's that's, awesome. I'm not. not <laughs> My car's name is Swindle. I'm just oh, saying, boy. the people living glass houses shouldn't throw rocks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How many Reds can you name? Without turning around and looking at the 76 World Series championship. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Votto. Um, Canadian, by the way. Really? Yeah, he's from I Toronto. Did, I didn't know that. Yeah. Pete Rose, obviously. Yeah, okay, there's two. One. Can you name any unknown, like... <laughs> Brandon Phillips. He's... Really? He, hey, he used to be a red. He's still a red, technically. He's still yeah. a red, technically. Don't, 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 no, no, no. No, no, no wait a minute. I'm My saying... favorite one, though, Billy Hamilton. He's, okay. he's legit. Yeah, so I like. Yeah, we we covered that. And any uh, other by the way, this year's roster. <laughs> well, I was I was at a we were covering a um, River Bats game, a Bats game, when he stole home base. How legit is that? Like nice. seriously, like I I I don't cover baseball a lot. I don't talk about it a lot. But when I see someone steal home base. I that just, is impressive. I just remember Billy that Hamilton's I the just, fastest man to play in a Louisville uniform since Vince Coleman. I just remember the one time the, the one time when we did cover the Bats game, well, uh, we got to cover the Mark McGuire of minor leagues, Mike Hessman. He had like four home runs. <laughs> he had like four in hits. one night. I remember that. <laughs> it's like Mike Hessman up to the plate. <laughs> it's like home run, home run. Here hey, comes Mike Hessman watching again. Watching a four home run game in any level is still pretty cool. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah it's good. good. We talked to him. Yeah, after we, the game. yeah we was, talked to him. He know, was so. he was pretty good. We talked to the manager of Riggleman, Jim Riggleman, after the game too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming, though, because of your uh, what seems to be very lack of love for uh, the, the great American pastime, uh, you won't be wanting to talk as much about the World Series going on as you did maybe No, I, I, I do recognize the fact that both of these have, have you know, a lot of scoring drought in, as far as being in the, in the World Series game itself. Of what the Royals twenty six years? Am I right on that? The Royals were in the World Series last year. And I'm not not the not the, the Mets. The Mets have been like twenty six years. The Mets well, last return last no the Mets the were Subway in the Subway Series. Yeah. Okay. So two thousand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Well, I mean, Trevor, no, it, right. it's been a while. Take that shovel is, away from It's pretty Gary. much my point. <laughs> it, it's it's been a while. Um, the Royals two one year, year one, one year, year ago, ago such yeah. a long and time. And then, well, the Royals before that though wasn't it like nineteen eighty five? Yeah, yes, so that one was for twenty six years, and, they had, okay. and then that was the last time they'd been in the playoffs okay. before last year. So, so, before, so yeah, before he I, I had himself to, yeah. a bigger well, hole, let, 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 I kind of I kind of dug myself out let, of it. Let's right bury there. him for good and, and hope he doesn't <laughs> return like The Walking Dead. I'll set the over under at one. How many players can you name off either of these rosters playing right now without looking? Without looking, and I'm setting the over over under at one. Actually, let's put it at point five. What do you take, Jimmy? I think he should be able to name one, but he probably look won't. up at me, oh, Gary. Oh, stop um, looking down. What's his name? That, that doesn't <laughs> count. Um, the guy in the Mets uniform. Yeah, I'll give you a hint, Gary. He plays two. Two of them were pitchers for the Reds at one point. Yes, there are. There you go. Oh. <laughs> No, this Lord. isn't okay. Johnny, well, wait, Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto. And, like, like I knew that. that. And we were talking about him before the show, Edison Volquez. I didn't remember That's his right. name, though. This is like, it's watching Gary try to come up with a well, name of one of those players is like watching a fat kid try to do a pull-up. Here's the, here's the funny just, thing, too. Jacob, so Jacob DeGrom. Okay. Noah Syndergaard. Travis Syndergaard, yeah. yeah. Was a blue I, I have never in my life claimed never, to be a baseball David, David Wright. Only the, Luke, only the greatest Met of all time. Lucas Duda, David Daniel Murphy. David Wright, the greatest Met of all time. He's on the team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lorenzo Cain. 
No. No. No, 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 no. this ringing the bell. Wade Davis. Yeah. Da- Daniel Murphy, no. the hottest player in baseball. Nick, what, what, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to be really comfortable with your, with your sexuality no. to say something like Mark that. Marcakis. Marcakis, yeah. yeah. Alex Rios. No. 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 Alex Gordon. No. Chris, Chris Young. No. No. You're looking down. For the record, I'm looking straight at these guys and naming them off the top well, of my head. Well, because I have it right here in front of me, but still. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I don't, I, I mean, I just don't Do pay attention to the baseball. you know who the manager of the Royals is? Ned Yost. Okay, well, I was going to ask him. Who's the manager of the Mets then? I don't know his name. I know Ned Yost. That's Terry Collins. Okay. And here's a little didn't, fun. Didn't he have a fun. drink named after him? And that's Tom. That's his, <laughs> that's, that's, his, that's his nephew. Uh, <laughs> and here's a little fun fact for the Mets for you. The Mets jerseys were created uh, adding the San Francisco, what became the San Francisco Giants, of course, formerly the New York Giants, the L.A. Dodgers, which formerly the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the New, at the current time, New York Yankees, i.e. the orange of the Giants, the blue of the Dodgers, and, it, well, they don't wear them anymore, but used to, pinstripes of the Yankees. I thought man. they got that out of prison. No, that's how they, that's where their players came from. Like okay. Vince Vaughn. Like, but like, prison? Like, like, yeah, like Rick Vaughn <laughs> pitched in the, uh, the uh, Maryland, uh, the main prison, prison league. How'd you get there? Stole a car. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I used to pay attention to baseball, and every now and then I'll go to a game live. Like we went to a game a few years ago. Uh, my friend, my my best friend's then girlfriend, but became his wife. But he, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, she, wait, she, wait, first of all, you shouldn't prefix a statement by that. You only do that if they've broken up. You well, should have <laughs> just said my friend's wife. My and friend's I. wife. Yeah, and his wife. Yeah. We went to <laughs> not saying his girlfriend. Well, I, and I like to. I like to That's speak. Like saying they, they, they broke when, up. When I when I do a story, right I like to. to yeah. When I do a story, I like to make sure that you know the facts are there. I like. Well, I like to. The I like, fact I like, is, it's no, no, now his wife. But anyway, I mean, she the fact went. Is I have no idea who either of these people are. There was a. Tell me, it's his lover for all. There, there we were. We it went is up, Indiana, so that's legal. We so, went to yeah, um, we went to <laughs> we went to University of Cincinnati to get her a Zumba certification because she was going to be a Zumba instructor, and she isn't, she passed. And that, she's isn't that wasn't that Microsoft's version of the iPad? Yes, iPod? that's a Zoom. Oh my bad. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your confusion. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was serious. So I really thought. But but, but we, she went. She went up to be a Zumba instructor, and she passed it. But in the meantime, it was like a ten hour. It was like a ten hour thing she had to do. So we caught a Reds game. And that was the last time I saw the Reds in person, in baseball in person, really. The most interesting thing I took out of that story was that it takes 10 hours to get Zumba certified. Now, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> like, you do not want to do that. I'd like to see you go 10 hours at Zumba certification. I don't even know what Zumba is. I, isn't that those pants with, like, the, the, rat, the that you used to wear in the 90s? <laughs> I have no the, idea the, what the that leopard, is. Leopard pattern on them. I thought that was curves. I, were those hot <laughs> pants? Yeah, something like that. Curves. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, wow. Apparently we're having technical difficulties now in New York. Or in Kansas City, or wherever the hell they're playing this game. Oh, so we're on a delay? Well, no, it's technical difficulties, according to Fox. Not not a delay, but technical oh. difficulties. Oh, well, it's fantastic. It's Fox, so are you surprised? Yeah, they've yeah. canceled, like, the best shows on television, by the way. Oh, don't be that guy. No, no, you can't no, tell me that I, no. Firefly deserved to get oh, canceled. Okay, you said canceled. I thought you were going to be that guy that's going to complain because his favorite show got bumped No, no, no. Because of like, the game being on. No. Like, oh, there's okay. people out there that are like that. Oh, oh yeah, la- there are definitely people that are out there like that. Last year, I think, when a game went in the extra innings, uh, TBS got just bombarded with hate mail because yeah. cuz like Rizzoli and Isles <laughs> wasn't going to be on on time. Well, I remember yeah, remember Co- the show Conan Las- wasn't going to be aired yeah, on time. So remember yeah, the Conan's show Las time. Vegas? Remember that no. show? There was a severe thunderstorm in Louisville at the time of a, of one of the season uh, 
season finales of the Las Vegas. And Fox 41, or NBC, I'm sorry, NBC. CBS. Uh, C- no, it, it was NBC because they they ran with Heroes. So it, when Las Vegas was on, it was NBC. Okay. But I think the Las CBS. Vegas even on I, I, no. No, it was WOKY. Isn't that the, the NBC? No, that's the, CBS. Okay. Who, no, it's not WOKY. But anyway, it's the Hero. It was. It was Las Vegas, and they got so much hate mail because of tornado warning came in, and they were preempting Las Vegas. And I'm saying, like, uh, what's more important, saving not, lives or I'm Las not Vegas? Gonna lie. I remember there was a point there was like a severe thunderstorm <laughs> and like a tornado <laughs> in the area. Yeah. This was a couple years ago, and they preempted a NASCAR race, and I called and complained. <laughs> oh, you, I, I don't even surprise me a bit. I worked at a cable company. I heard, I'm I like, heard it all. By Hello? the way, Curtis Granderson, there's another Met for you, Gary. You want to yeah, write that you name go. down? Who used to uh, play for the Yankees? Solo, write that down. Solo home run, 2-1 Mets. Okay. All right. 2-1 Mets. Top of the fifth. So. After that segue. Wow. It was entertaining, at least. Now, so. now we can talk baseball. Trevor, I'll, I guess I'll talk to you. Yeah, sure. You got to talk NASCAR with him. You can talk baseball with me. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> so, uh, leading into this series, Daniel Murphy had one heck of a hot streak, uh, hitting a home run in seven out of ten games. He plays I- baseball, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> did, actually, they, did the Cubs win? Actually, <laughs> actually, if you want to get technical, it was only seven out of nine games because he didn't even play the very first game of the postseason. <laughs> Do you think this hot streak will continue, and can he lead the Mets to their first World Series in quite a while? Well, being the fact he, I don't think he has a home run yet in this game. I'm going to say no right now. Okay. Uh, and but it could continue, and it wouldn't be surprised it. And yes, I do like the Mets in this series. I think the Mets are the better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, even as a Blue Jay fan who got uh, utterly uh, hosed <laughs> on uh, in Game Six, didn't even get shot at Game Seven. But you know, I guess that's how the cookie so crumbles. So you're one of those guys. Yeah, I'm very bitter still. Yeah, okay. screw Kansas City and all their <laughs> steak eating fat women that live there. Ah! Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Every time I watch a Kansas City game, I can't find one attractive person if, in the game. If you're a skinny woman that hails from Kansas City, <laughs> call us right now, 384-1450. And for the record, I'm fat, so I can say that. And uh, there you go. Every time they're in Kansas City, they show crowd members. The cameraman has yet to show me one attractive person. I mean, okay. really. one attra- That's all I'm asking, people. Midwesterners are like some of the hottest women Just I've ever put seen. put down the cow. I mean, that's, that's What's wrong with steak? <laughs> I love it. Ah. What's wrong with three of them, though? That's what I'm saying. Kansas City. <laughs> Look, looking at my point being is that I did not want. I wanted to play the Cubs, not because I'm a hater, even though I am, but because the Mets are the better team. Mets, mm-hmm. while I mean they don't have the hitting the Cubs do, it comes down to pitching, and they have the better pitching staff. You mentioned the groom, obviously Matt Harvey, uh, uh, Syndergaard, who was a Blue Jay and was part of the uh, Ari Dickey trade, which I was bitter about it then. Now bitter even more now of what he's become. Those three right there. There's not a better rotation amongst any of the last four teams. And Cubs, yes, Ariota had a nice run, but was kind of I, I was questioning whether if he was in the same level of, of Harvey DeGrom and, and Syndergaard, and I don't think he was. And there's right now the Royals, while their pitching staff is solid, Cueto can be up and down. Obviously we know Volquez can do. I mean, he sometimes throws up, depends on what kind of steroids he's on that day. <laughs> the bullpen is solid, but it can't do you any good if you can't get to it with a lead. You saw that last year against the Giants. Right. I, I picked earlier the Mets in six and I kinda stand behind that. I think the Mets are a better team here just based off the pitching staff alone. I think they got a better pitching staff than the Royals. I they mean do. You, you're breaking it down. You got Matt Harvey pitching tonight, and then you got the Groman game two, who's been lights out here. And then Syndergaard in game three. And then you go with Steven Matz uh, in game yeah. four. And then looking at the Royals, they do have two former. You probably don't even see him in game four. If there's a, if more of the odds are 
you would see Harvey again. Or that's even what I, yeah. that's what I figured. With, yeah. with the breaks in rotation, especially with the fact that you'll have an extra day for travel mm-hmm. between the series, you'll likely. That's what likely I. See that's that. what I'd say so too. You I'd see, have to agree. I, unless they're up three nothing, then they may go with it. But I, even if three nothing, they're up three nothing that time, I could see him going with Harvey and trying to shut the door on him. So I just uh, want the Royals to win. Why? Particular reason because I made because Jason Anderson likes the Royals and I know it's like breaking his heart that you know all this is going on. His heart. I'm the one that got to deal with the trash talk after they beat my Blue Jays. So (laughs) there's there is a there is a fellow radio host in the city of Loyola whose heart is pining for the Royals to win this. Who cares? I'm just saying. We're all about. What Trevor wants I like, here you on know, the show. I, you know, now, when, I will say this. I rooted for the Royals last year. When, I, I mean, it was a great Cinderella story, despite their them being thought to be a decent team. It was 26 years since they'd been in the playoffs. They're a small market team. Right. That don't usually, for the most part, have been, for the last half a decade or two decades, have been known for the explosions of their managers, which is one of the best manager explosions to the media you'll ever look up. If you have time to break, you can look how McCray blow up, and you'll see it. So, I mean, I, they've been kind of a running joke. And then, so I felt bad. I wanted to root for them, but I can't root for them now. They hated me too much. They eliminated I, my favorite team, who was in their first playoffs in 22 years. Go Mets. The Mets are just as much of a Cinderella to me as it is. Now, as can, can I make one? Now, given the fact, so you are going to take a, have to take it easy on me, but uh, get, given okay. the fact that I don't watch a lot of baseball and don't know a lot of stats about it, like present baseball or anything like that, or okay. what, what about. Is it fair to say that these four teams that were in the World Series, that were in the the Final Four, like the the ALCS and the NLCS, mm-hmm. is it safe to say that these four teams probably had the most years without being in a, or without uh, winning a World Series in any other four possible teams out there? I don't know about any four. Well, not technically because the Astros have never been to the World yeah. Series. So okay. They, oh no, the Astros have. I'm talking about. They went to the. Uh, one time they were they lost to the White Sox a couple years, back in two thousand six. So uh, it's probably safe to say that. Yeah, the, well, the Cubs I think has the longest in forty five. I was I'm thinking they won a World Series. The Astros have not never won a World Series. Neither the Rangers. Uh, that's why I, I got confused for a second. So the state of Te- so what I just learned the state they, of Texas sucks at baseball. But they've been the Rangers went to back to back World Series in oh nine and <laughs> ten I think it was and Astros went in oh six with uh, local kid Chris Burke had a big home run in that playoff run against the Braves in extra innings. Uh, it might be. I mean, the Blue Jays had not returned. That was their first. Would have been their first trip since '93. The Mets are in there first since 2000. The Royals are in well since last year. I guess the best then, way to put it, but to the, me, being the Cubs involved and they have not been in the World Series since 1945, like 108 years. <laughs> 1945. They actually went. They haven't won since 08. They went in 45 though. Okay. I think. I think the best way to put it would be, it definitely wasn't your usual suspects. You could put right. it that you could put it that way. I think that's a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, oh, especially over the last couple of years. But yeah. Faraday's been overlooked in baseball. I mean, the last few years, I mean, the Astros were were a laughing stock for the three years yeah. going into this. I think season. it's funny they moved to the American League and they get better. Well, it's also their young guys were starting to come up. Yeah, yeah it's a coincidence of a timing. Yeah, <laughs> same with the Cubs. The Cubs did a good job of the Cubs of, yes. of getting getting prospects, doing a good job of grooming them and bringing them all up, kind of at the same time. And that mixed with getting prospects and, and when you're dumping some of your older talent. Uh, I mentioned R.A. Dickey, the Mets rebuilding, traded R.A. Dickey and got Travis Denard, who's their starting catcher, and Travis Syndergaard, who's the, one of their ace pitchers for R.A. Dickey from Toronto. The Cubs is another example. They traded Samarja, who you probably know more as being a wide receiver for the uh, Notre, Dame. Notre Dame, and last year and picked up uh, Ariada, and, uh, who was their ace pitcher, and Addison Russell, who's one of, their, one of the best young second basemen in baseball this year. And you know it's funny about the Cubs is a I know a very very big Cubs fan. He was telling me like three years ago 
give us a couple years, the Cubs are going to be good. And I was always laughing at him, like, yeah, right, okay, the Cubs aren't going to be good no, in a couple doing, years. Yeah. And, and he was right. He, he he saw what they had in the farm system. He saw what they had coming up in the minor leagues. And it's, you know, like you said, it's paid off. And, you know, they didn't quite make it to the uh, World Series, but they did make it to the NLCS, which as far as – They've made it since uh, the Bartman incident. So. Yeah, that was the last time they're there. I'm looking to, like, I'm looking to, like, I'm thinking, trying to think of somebody who hasn't. The Orioles haven't been there since the early 80s. Uh, with the Cubs being involved, that probably, if you go by average, that probably that makes it. Probably would be the largest, yeah, in terms, even with the Royals being in there last year. Uh, because the Blue Jays were 93, the Mets were 2000, um, the Rockies were within the last decade, Tigers last decade, Astros. Uh, Angels have been there in the last decade. The Dodgers have not been since uh, 88. And that's um, insane. The Brewers have not been there since 82. You know why the Dodgers haven't been there since 1988? Probably Kirk Gibson. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. <laughs> the Twins haven't been there since Kirby Puckett, uh, who beat me in fantasy football this weekend, by the way. <laughs> uh, they haven't been there since 91. Uh, the A's were uh, ni- 1990. This, I'm just going through the teams. I know this off the top of my head. The, y- the Pirates haven't been there since probably the 40s. I, I, I don't know the exact. No, no, 77. We are the, family. The one thing that drives me nuts about the Dodgers is you have probably the best 1-2 starting rotation in the league, and you can't make it to the, even the <laughs> no, NLCS. That's why That's why Don Mangley got fired. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, they they should have won a World Series by now in his last five years. Uh, the only other Mariners, I don't think have ever been there, have they? I'm Not that I can recall, unless they came closer in the Griffey no, era. No, they that... no, they haven't been there. They became a team in the same year as Toronto in '77. Okay. So, no. and go. then the Nationals technically haven't, even if you go back into their in, uh, their years as the Expos, Expos, they've never been. All right. So those two would have to be involved to maybe make it the most. So I'll, I'm going to agree with Trevor here. I say the I say the Mets in six. Yeah, I'm going to say the Royals in seven, just because I truly am. You just want to be I, different. I, I, no, I, well, I, I, I know what it's like to have. I mean, this is going to open myself up to a whole realm of jokes. Oh, you already but that. I know, <laughs> I know what it doesn't it, take much. I, I know what it's like to have to to have your team in there and want them to win so bad. So you know, I'm going to go for. I'm 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 going to give Jason Anderson some mental support, and I'm going to say the uh, the Royals. All right, on that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We'll uh, wrap up the first hour and move on to hour number two. That's all coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. Triple Threat Talk presented by Kentucky Personal Defense here on 1450 The Sports Buzz WXVW. We'll be right back. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies. Bring your wife. guys realize the point of this show is for people to listen to it, right? And My bad. I'll mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> On that well, note, by the way, a nice uh, CNI singles crash Davis would describe it for the Mets as they have now runners on first base. Welcome back to Triple Threat Talk, presented by Kentucky Personal Defense. Disturbing news in right now. A man in Orlando. That's crazy. Has 
decided to camp out 33 days early for Black Friday. 33 days early? What's the deal? I, I They haven't announced their deals. I mean, so he's just he's trying to this, grab a TV. So he's just making the assumption that there's going to be a special. Where, where in front of is he blacking out? I mean, blacking uh, out. Best Buy. This can't be it's Best Buy. Best Buy. Are yeah. they going to let him stay there? I guess. I don't know. He says, a man camping outside an Orlando store for Black Friday plans to be the first to grab a deal on a new TV. When a, now, when are they going to open, though? Because don't stores don't even open the day after Thanksgiving? Hey. Don't some open on Thanksgiving? Yeah, or, some, or even some on open Wednesday? on Thanksgiving now. Yeah, it's not even Black find Friday out, anymore. Find out which Orlando Best Buy he's at. Okay. And next yeah. week while I'm down there, I'll go interview him for the show. How about that? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> That would be great. I wonder if it's the same one I've been. I, I, I'm I, completely I down with that Orlando. idea. I've actually made purchases at the Orlando Best Buy before. Or a Orlando Best Buy. I was going to say, there's got to be more yeah. than one Best Buy in Orlando, freaking Florida. I, wonder, I would think Orlando, so, Orlando, yeah. Florida. Mall. The Florida Mall. Okay, so the Best Buy at the Florida Mall. Yeah. This guy's camping out. It was an outdoor mall, the one I what, went to. It was like what, a summit type place. I may have to go by there and interview this and cat. And after you interview him, what you should do, this would be great, by the way. <laughs> get in line in front of him. <laughs> get in line <laughs> in, front. in front of him. No, what you should do is say, all right, sir, come over here. We're going to interview for you for the show. And then have Stephanie go over <laughs> Getting taken spot <laughs> and, and just like scare the living hell out of this guy. Like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. When he tries to go back. She can look at me. No cutsies. <laughs> no, that would be that would be fantastic. <laughs> Interview this guy and then give him a heart attack. <laughs> I think that we need uh, to both give him publicity and uh, punk him at the same time. Is he the only one in line? Yes, he is. The there is a picture of this guy right now, and he is. He is, I mean, that's right. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. If you were the Best Buy, would you just feel bad for him at some point, like in a week, and just give him the discount early? Give him the discount early. I mean, how much can you really say? I mean, I I don't know. I I don't get that. I'll tell you what. I I did that one time where where I went Black Friday shopping. I think we're going to do it this year. And I said, it's on my bucket list. And I said, I will never do this again. And you know, the funny part was, I didn't buy a single freaking item. I was saying, I've worked retail during Black Fridays, both at the mall three years in a row at the mall, plus I did Toys R Us on Black Friday. Oh, you four employee. That that explains a lot. Actually, I made a killing on selling Pokemon under the table that I stole (laughs) from the store and sold out of the parking lot. So I paid for my Christmas. They fired me, but oh well. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> I don't care. I made more of a profit on that. I can say it now. Come back at me, Toys R Us. I dare you. Uh, but no. Nah, Statue I mean, of limitations. You're yeah, all good, yeah, exactly. You're all good, baby. You're good. $200 worth of the Pokemon games I heisted. Uh, no, but back to the original point, I will never go. It's it's a it's a nightmare, and I would never do it. I wouldn't get up that early. Now, I don't even go out shopping for Christmas in general, even after, during December. I do everything online. I buy everything online. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have, like, an arsenal of stink bombs with me in case, like, someone tries to rush me. I'm going to see White Castle the night before. There you go. That works. Yeah, Yeah. even better. So, yeah. I didn't know. I wasn't sure if you were where you were going when you said a disturbing story. Well, it's like, so remember. I I thought. You might have been going to the story about that guy that was eating that kid. No, in yeah, the ha- I, that in was the ha- second. In that the was haunted second. House and the in the in the guy mm-hmm. that owned the haunted house actually shot him. Yeah, when he realized it was real. Yeah, psycho. Like at some point, like, and I've told everyone for years that's the worst case scenario. Like all you people going out to feel the screams. What I mean, all it's going to take is for one lunatic to jump in there. Say field of screams. Yeah. 
Oh, it's like the most Bad haunted popular a great movie title. It's like no, that's like the number like, one haunted yeah. attraction. It's, in the it's up there. Area. It's yeah. up there the, uh, with Waverly. Uh, like on Halloween, Waverly. at least. I, listen, I, you, know, you want to get surrounded by Waverly, do like I do and break into it when you're 16 before it's being Well, I can't because I was 16 uh, like 17 years ago. <laughs> 20. Uh, but, <laughs> but he's it, not that old. I, I know. He's just, I was the same age as I am. So. But isn't, what, isn't there, a, what about the haunted house that's around the corner of the industrial nightmare? I think oh, it's no, that sucks. That's terrible. That's, that's, well, first of all, it's like two blocks from us. I think. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> 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 But is that not still going on? I mean, every time I, I just know what. Yeah, that, it's still that going. That thing has on. lines going down. No, yeah, it, well, they all do. In, in all they seriousness, all it, it's pretty good. The the one I like, is, and this is free pub form, but it because the, because um, Field of Screams stopped being an actual cornfield maze like three years into its existence. Like it used to be something you would have to solve, but now the only one where you can legitimately solve is a place out in Taylorsville called Cobb's Haunt. They don't stock a whole lot of uh, actors in there, but solving that cornfield maze is is great. And I know there's a large portion of people that do outdoor uh, that do outdoor haunts that just want to go out and solve an actual cornfield maze. Cobb's Haunt is where it's at, and it is like they do a good job like putting actors in the choke points of the maze. It's just so big you can't stock the entire cornfield full of actors, but they do a wonderful job of making a decent puzzle every year and getting you on, like, getting people scared out of it. I, I think it's great. This is going to be blasphemy to you guys probably because it sounds like you guys love Halloween, but it's probably the most overrated holiday in, in, in Oh, I would year, agree with that. No, Valent- Valentine's Day. I think well, Valentine's Day is very – a holiday. It's a, it's a hallmark holiday, yeah. and it's the most overrated but, one. But Halloween, just an, I, I've just never been – it just annoys me for the most part because – This coming so, from a some, guy who opens the door for his wife every single time, by the way. I open the door for her all the time, and I'm telling you Valentine's Day is the most overrated holiday. And But good for you. Well, here's, here's the thing, but, Trevor. But, the but, reason but, why but, you don't like well, Halloween – I lost it because I don't know when it became – It suddenly at some point in, my, in between my teenage years to my adult years – it went from being about kids and, and, and scary movies and stuff to basically being another excuse for a girl to dress like a Katina Pal and, and give it up without the bay, which that part I like. But, I mean, the rest of <laughs> what are you it. What, are you, what about, are you implying Trevor? about Andre McGee? <laughs> 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 Nothing there, Andre. You, you're the man. Give me a high five, buddy. So, so on Saturday, are you going to, like, paint your face black and wear a 33 Louisville jersey? <laughs> no, no, no. But I do know some Kentucky <laughs> fans that have gone in blackface and – and already sent me the picture of it. There you go. Uh, there you go. That's fantastic. I don't even know them, and they're my new hero. Yeah, but but unless I don't know, I just Halloween has always seemed overrated to me. Uh, only only holiday I've always felt more overrated was New Year's Eve. I, I never got grass New Year's Eve. I never found. I'm it. not big on New Year's Eve. I like New Year's Eve. I mean, it's who cares? New Everybody's Year's like, Eve. you got to stay up till midnight. I'm like, no, hey, I don't. The no. sun, the the moon I mean, has gone around anyway. to the sun. It's in like in its entirety. But you guys seem to be more into the Halloween thing. Than, yeah, I like Halloween. I, I mean, will say I'm excited for Halloween Horror Nights, but that's the best haunted I, I attraction in the is. United States. See, I don't go Dent Schoolhouse I, this year is number one. Dent is it, Schoolhouse is it in Cincinnati. I, I don't believe in ghosts. Maybe that I don't really have I don't any believe interest in, ghosts, in Halloween though. stuff. I don't believe oh, in I, ghosts. I've, I, I've, I've got some stuff I've taken personally that would change like, your mind. I used like, to be a Louisville ghost hunter. It uh, used to be... Well, it's, first of all, you're not going to change my mind, but you're well, welcome to tell me the I've, story. I've... I've, I've Louisville Ghost Hunters organization, obviously in Louisville, is headed up by Keith Age, who is a freaking wonderful uh, paranormal investigator and one of the leading guys out there trying to get all this stuff, like trying to get video evidence or whatever. But I've seen videos and taken sound 
of things that were not there, but you see them now. And like, like undoctored footage, because Jimmy will tell you, I, I can barely do an internet search, much less Photoshop. And I believe that you all believe you did record so, that stuff. You, no, here's it, the thing, Trevor. I, I don't, don't believe, believe in ghosts. I don't at all. Like, I did the Waverly Hills tour, not the haunted house, but the actual tour. Me and some friends who wanted to became into becoming a cop broke into it. We were 16. Well, <laughs> well, and everybody's like, oh, did you see that? I'm like, no, I didn't see anything. They're yeah. like, oh, no, it's right there. I'm like, y'all are full of it. There's no freaking ghost. Well, we like, run not, shrooms, so. I was like, you're not going to tell me that, you know. So, it's I, amazing you didn't see anything. <laughs> and I still didn't, didn't get frightened by anything, though. Exactly. But, I mean, it's uh, it, it's good. I mean, I, I've recorded some stuff. Uh, I, I can't doctor anything. Anything I take is not doctored at all, even though I am the doctor. It there is. you go. So with that, we're going to take another break here. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we're going to begin our UofL UK preview for the week. Cards taking on Wake Forest, the Cats battling the Tennessee Volunteers. Plus the NFL and your phone calls, 502-384-1450. Triple Threat Talk presented by Kentucky Personal Defense. Call us now. Do it. Here on (laughs) WXVW. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Triple Threat Talk, brought to you by Kentucky Personal Defense. That's actually one song I don't mind, even though I'm a Kentucky fan, and that's Tennessee's that's Tennessee's uh, fight song. I fired on you, Jimmy. Was that the Rocky Top? Yeah, this is Rocky Top. That was Jimmy's request to get you riled up. It backfired. No, on I actually, I actually don't mind that because I mean, it, it's a good song. It kind of. It, it, what the hell? It, Hold it on. That's a good song, but yeah. I, I play an American classic called "Talking About Baseball," and you laugh and look at me and, and golf at me. That's no, no. That was that was not a good song. I don't know. No, it wasn't. What is wrong? Well, with I also used to work with a I, in my one of my other jobs. I used to work with a guy whose ringtone was Rocky testing, Top. You've been testing the samples at work, <laughs> right? I was, uh, you know, his ringtone was Rocky Top. So you know, I, I kind of it kind of grows on you when that thing goes off thirty times that, a day. Was that uh, the Rocky Top Express singing that version? There? Was this a coworker? Yeah, I'd have gotten him fired. Yeah. I'd have put like cocaine in his locker or something. <laughs> then, if I had to hear his phone ring and go Rocky Top, and I don't even I don't even dislike Tennessee. There's one now. There's one now that's a clown car. It's like like one of the pharmacists that comes in and works. Um, he uh, he's got a clown car. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I would go tell my boss tomorrow that that guy sexually harassed me. <laughs> he tried to touch me in the, in the produce section. Produce <laughs> section. <laughs> I, I would. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I know that maybe that's a cool to do, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do. If you got to make somebody suffer through that crap. That until totally got to learn how to put the phone, damn phone on vibrate. But uh, you know, be that as it may, Poor girl. That'd be, be, cool. be that as it may, <laughs> Tennessee did. Uh, you know, they gave a little bit of a rocky road to to Alabama. This they gave past Alabama weekend. all they, they wanted. Yeah, they gave Alabama all they wanted and more. They only they only lost nineteen and to thirteen. Uh, nine, nineteen to fourteen. Nineteen, 19 to fourteen. 
And uh, they were that was in a it good to year. It's nineteen fourteen. <laughs> fourteen, nineteen. We took a little. Tr- no, I'm it's kidding. 18, I know. 14. I know. <laughs> I was being facetious. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. There again, he quotes another classic. And misquote, or he misquoted. No, 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 I, no, I did that on purpose. But I'm just saying, in 1814, we took a little trip. Now, that song, that, I don't know. What is that's that? That's a great American song. That's another, like, old country that's, song. It's, like, along the Colonel Jackson. It's, like, in the, the 50s. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look it up. Look, Look it up. You can play one. it in the next intro. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. It's actually uh, it, it's a It's a catchy little tune. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Alabama. Battle you know, of New Orleans? That, no, I don't think that's no, it. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. It's a... It's a country song. It, it, in, in ba- Ballad of New Orleans? Here's, it might be. Just for the record, here's when I type in 1814 uh, on, on YouTube. Here are the, here are the top uh, things that come up automatically. Oh, man. 1814 song, 1814 Battle of New Orleans, 1814 by itself, 1814 Dreadyhead, 1814 Dreadyhead Bobby Christina, 1814 Johnny Horton. And That's then, it. That's then it. And the last but not least. Johnny the Horton right there. Yeah, 1814 Little took a little trip is last month. Yeah. Okay, yeah, eight, that's the one. So, so, by the way, that ranks below Dreadyhead and Dreadyhead with Bobby Christina, which whatever that is, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I have no yeah, clue. Yeah, you can that's play the Johnny frightening. Horton version. Screw that. I'm going to Dreadyhead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what Dreadyhead is. But, so, you know, it, it's one of those things, a, a friend of mine, now agree or disagree with this statement. A friend of mine, we're having a discussion the other day. He's a Big Ten supporter. I a disagree. Bi- you don't have a friend. He's <laughs> T, <laughs> he's a he's a graduate and an alum of T-H-E, the Ohio State University. Oh, okay. So, so he's under the presumption that had a Big Ten team, particularly Ohio State, did this, if it had been, instead of, Alabama having 19 points. Yes. If Ohio State would have had 19 points. So basically 14-19, Ohio State wins over Tennessee, okay? Now, in that world, okay, Okay. in that world, would the headline so much have been, because the headline now is Alabama had a hard-fought win, Alabama left it all on the field, and Tennessee gave them all they want. Would the headline then be Big Ten Get into a close one with a bottom feeder SEC team. Mm. Would 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 that be the what, headline? If it had been Ohio State versus Tennessee, yeah. If it had been Ohio State Tennessee with the exact same score, if, if so, I would I would mock them for calling Tennessee a, a bottom feeder. Yeah, three and four, not, three and four. I, they're not a bottom care. feeder though. Three and four, but they're not. They a are this year. Ta- no, their record is not an example of how talented they are. They play in a tough conference. Yes. and if you look at their games. Don't be that guy. Team. You're always telling me don't what? be that guy. Don't that be guy. that put, guy. Put Tennessee in the Big Ten. I bet they have a winning record. Well, no, that's I'm not going to. No, no. But look at you. Look at Tennessee's schedule and what did they? I mean, they they lost a game that they had control of and let go at the end against Oklahoma. They still lost. They, no, but it's still it doesn't mean they suck. I mean, if they no, got I'm not out, saying they suck. But by no, you no, them a bottom no. Feed, no, no, Vanderbilt's a bottom feeder. Oh no, no, Auburn you can be a bottom feeder and not suck. They're still a bottom feeder. They're though. not at the bottom of three the and three and four. Are they look, the last? Are they last in the East? Um, look, look at Tennessee's schedule. No, okay. they're they, second to last they, in the East. They blew okay. out Bowling Green, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they lost in two overtimes to number nineteen uh, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah. Western right. Carolina. They blew out Western Carolina. Okay. Mm-hmm. They only lost to Florida by one point. Okay. Yeah. All right. They lost to Arkansas by four. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a tough loss. That's that a tough is, loss. That one's a tough loss. They uh, they beat uh, ranked Georgia. Yeah. And then they almost beat Alabama. 
Okay. So, but still, so they, I they, think they're would, three and four. So, what would what would then be the headline? Would you all agree that that would be the headline? No, because no. they're not a bottom feeder. I don't think they are. And yeah. I, look how competitive they are in these now, games. They, look at the headline, games they won. If the headline has come out, then I would, I would, I would, I would just smirk at it because it's a, it's a. Okay, then let me rephrase the question. Somebody let, who's trying to hate that doesn't know their, their their history. So let me let me let me then rephrase the question. Would okay. it be a derogatory headline towards the Big Ten as opposed to a positive? headline towards one of the powerhouse SEC teams. If, you, if what your point is trying to get across is that would because it's an SEC, SEC, SEC on SEC action that, that, that there's no, there's there's all that they got lucky. Or they, they, they yeah, spot. something like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Big Ten gets, they don't play anybody and the Big Ten can't compete. Right. I, I don't know how much bias it really, because I, I think that could have been kind of flushed down the toilet a little bit last year with Ohio State winning national championship. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing though, like I, I don't know if I agree with that statement either, but at the same time, it's one of those things that you, you wonder. You know, you would I would wonder that. Here's a question I have then if we're talking Big Ten. If Michigan State wins out, are they in the Final Four? Yes. In the football play, uh, in the yes. playoff? Absolutely, Are they not yes. undefeated? Yeah, they're 8-0. Yeah, then yeah. Yeah, they they're would, in there. Yeah, they would. But there's, there's, to win out, they'd have to beat Ohio State. Or no, they do not play Ohio State. Iowa's also undefeated. Yeah, but I'm, does Iowa play Michigan State at some point? Uh, let me see the Iowa schedule here. I would probably be willing to. Iowa's play. usually pretty good. Usually. Iowa plays. Oh, also, they lost their best running back, too, to injury. Iowa plays Maryland, Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue, and Nebraska. So they'll probably win out. Yeah, I'd say Iowa could win out. But are they on the same side? Are they on different sides of the Big Ten? Uh, I think they're in the West. They're in the legend side, yeah, I think. Like they the, don't do legends and, and heroes or leaders anymore, I don't think, do they? I, they see, I think so. Standings. They're in the no, Big they, Ten West. No, they went to East Okay, West. they go East so, West. So the, yeah, so they would have to play each other. So that they uh, it, Wisconsin is their like, top rival foe as far as like on that side of the thing. So basically, it'll probably be to Iowa. Your question, if one, of, if Ohio State, Michigan State, or Iowa, one of those three teams wins out and goes undefeated, then yes, then yeah, they're going to be in the team. Yeah. But Michigan yeah. State and Ohio State, one of them is going to lose. Well, if yeah. because yeah. they have to play each other in the to and make then, the big and then team. The winner of that game will play if still undefeated and, Iowa. Yeah, and yes. even the guy, like I said, even the guy at work that I'm talking about here, he even said the following was true too. Ohio State's strength of schedule, and it's not their fault. But their their strength of schedule this year absolutely sucks. So if they have one loss, they're probably not going to get in. But I think Iowa and Michigan State could afford a loss and still get in if it comes down to that. I just think if Ohio State gets one loss, there goes their season. If one of these two loses, then you know that's a different ball. Game. It depends on circumstances around the rest but of the yeah, team. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I can't. I wouldn't answer that definitively without knowing so, the scenarios. So getting back to the game in hand, as you said, uh, Tennessee playing Kentucky in Lexington. Uh, I think Kentucky's got a reasonable – I mean, Kentucky is good enough this year where the rest of the games on their schedule, I would say – the Mississippi State game? Well, they're (laughs) – Apparently not. Okay, so that was really the only game they've been blown out this year. scored a touchdown. Another (laughs) one. Dude, he was amazing on Saturday. They yeah. made him look like Tom Brady. Oh, my Brady. gosh. They made him look Tom like, Brady. Dak, like Michael Vick meets yeah. Tom Brady. Dak yeah, looked amazing. I, I mean, he, he was amazing. Dak, Dak uh, looked great. That was just ugly all around. Uh, it was, you know, and it's one of those things, too, that, you know, 42 to 16, I mean, that's a beating, but also that's this, you know, Kentucky at least blows up at least one game a year, anyways. And you have to admit, 
you know, look at their games. They've been competitive in all their games, even the ones that they've lost, except for Mississippi State. It, 33-40 win over Louisiana Lafayette. 26-22 win over South Carolina. 14-9 loss at Florida, or, you know, against Florida. 13-21 win against Missouri. Eastern Kentucky, that was a close game, but they wound up uh, beating EKU in overtime. 30-27, to that's a three-point loss. You know, so one game, they they get crushed in one game. That usually happens every year if you're Kentucky football. So, so far, I really, you know, you've got Tennessee, Georgia, you know, yeah, Georgia's a good team, but they're they're not. I'm, I'm looking at their remaining schedule. They, and their if remaining I, if schedule I, and is if winnable. And, and if they, need, they need two wins to get a bowl. Yeah. I'm looking at their Charlotte remaining and schedule. Vanderbilt for sure. Those are your two wins. I wouldn't even guarantee Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt especially if Vanderbilt's a very good defensive team. They've played well. Oh, I just, I their offense is so direct, though. It's horrible. I agree defensively. Their offense is horrible. No, later they see Kentucky's defense. <laughs> I I I think uh, best case scenario in these last five games is three and two. I I think that's I ba- think four and one case. is base, best best case. I, 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 I think, think you can beat two. Tennessee. I think they can beat Tennessee. They've beaten Tennessee in recent memory. Uh, it's not you know you don't have to go back to the fifties when Kentucky was the, one of the best football programs around. Um, Georgia. Georgia probably going to lose. Vanderbilt you can win. Charlotte you can win, and we can all agree Louisville you can Louisville win. Louisville's a coin flip. So I mean, you know, four and one I think is best case scenario for th- for I Kentucky. Think, I think Tennessee and Georgia are losses. Vanderbilt and Charlotte are wins, and Louisville's a coin flip. Yeah, and I think at the point too, if you beat Tennessee, you can start talking, especially with Will Greer being bent or being suspended now for Florida. If you beat Tennessee. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Kentucky can win the SEC East. I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's impossible. Well, they would it's have mathematically to be, they would odds. Have to be Georgia. They, the mathematical odds are there well, for them have, to happen. Have to I mean, Georgia. they'd have to be Georgia, maybe. But I mean, well, it all depends would, on the other two th- teams. I would think they would have to be Georgia. You've got to you've that. got four games left, and you're two games behind Florida in the SEC East. So I mean, you wouldn't necessarily have to be Georgia. You could just bank on Florida self-destructing. So this is Halloween night. Yes. Uh, Tennessee on the road, an eight and a half point favorite. That's crazy. I mean, they. I mean, like I said, you know, they Tennessee they could lose, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say they're going to win, but this is also one of those games where you expect Kentucky to show up because a it's at home and b it's their rival Tennessee. Right. And I I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. We have seen Kentucky even in losses like to Auburn. They gave Auburn everything they wanted. If you looked at that Auburn game and weren't impressed with Kentucky, I don't know what to tell you. That Auburn game was great. 30-27, to 27, respectable score for anybody. Um, and the, where, and How about the fact Auburn's offense is about the equivalent of a toilet bowl second place team and you made them look like the 2010 New England Patriots? Oh, so? I mean, that, there was no, there was nothing good out of that Auburn game. That Auburn there, game was a was a was a dumpster. It was fire. still it was still a good game. That was a game that Kentucky should have. Yeah, they should have won, but and they choked against it. They should have won the Florida game, but they didn't. I mean, you can't say they should have won it because they should have won all accounts. Yeah, you should have won the they're Kentucky not, they're game. They're not more talented than Florida. They are more talented than Auburn, so <laughs> therefore they should have won. That you know, was that was a game that looking back and they're gonna look back and, and kick themselves that they miss a ball because it was a game they were a better team and did not beat the better did not was not the better team on that day. And right. you could also say the same thing about the EKU, you know, they, well, but they EKU EKU was the better team on the field that game though. It doesn't matter, they won that game. So, oh, yeah. I could care less but, about what happened that they won that. Yeah. 
Win's a win, no matter how you yeah. get it. A win's a win. <laughs> they need two more wins, and it's not going to come easy in this schedule. Like, yeah, like I said, I'm thinking best case scenario is three and two. I just, I still think best case scenario is four and one. But they you go know, three and two, and Mark Stoops can't stand up without uh, without poking somebody. Okay? <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's just plain and simple. So you think there's no way they go three and two? No, I don't think they can go three and two because Charlotte's the only game that I see as a guaranteed win. And, and if they play like they played against CKU in the Charlotte game, then it's not a guaranteed win. Charlotte's actually been somewhat. Charlotte's, yeah, I mean, they've been good. a little. No, they're not good. They've been competitive though with some teams. They just got smoked by Southern Miss, who's awful this year, this weekend. But I mean, they've tried to be competitive, but they're not. I mean, Kentucky should win the game by forty. But right. Van, but Van, but Tennessee is not obviously a win. Georgia is probably a loss guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Georgia's a better team. Van, but they don't. They always seem to play well against Georgia, except for the you know the, the sixty plus points that Georgia beat them by three years. Oh my gosh, that was embarrassing. Uh, and and Vanderbilt is at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, we're going to see. We're going to test their defense. They got Houston this week. Be a good game for Houston as well. Let me so ask you about at. Houston real quick as a sidebar. If Houston wins out, what are the odds they let them in the final no, four? They won't. They won't let no, them. They no. won't. First of all, I don't know. If they might not win out. They're one of three undefeated teams in the American right now. I mean, you've got them. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Them Temple and. Uh, well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, there's three teams undefeated in the American Temple. Temple, Houston, Houston and Memphis. Memphis, thank you. Yeah. So I mean, there's and two. Uh, it's scenarios similar to the Big Ten. One can come out of there undefeated because they're on two on one side and one on the other, mm-hmm. but uh, which I believe it's Houston Temple on the same side. Yes, and that's what I thought. And then yeah, and Memphis is on the other. So one team can come out undefeated, but I mean, it, I know it doesn't. Whoever it is will not probably get. I mean, I, if there's not three, if there's only if there's not four other undefeated. Ahead Sorry, of them, Houston Memphis is on the same side. Okay, regardless. Yeah. If, <laughs> uh, if, if it becomes to a Final Four where they're undefeated and there's not. Four, there's only maybe two other undefeated teams in BCS con- BCS considered conferences. I I think they should get a shot, but they won't. Yeah, exactly. They deserve to though. If there's any team that goes undefeated, I don't care if it is a mid major, uh, so to speak. I agree. American should get in the top four. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And that was one of the things that drove me crazy about Murray State basketball last year is the fact that their RPI and BPI were better than. Yeah, but they weren't 60, undefeated. 60, no, they weren't undefeated, but they they played. You know, you can use in basketball, a lot of people, you not a lot of people, everybody uses RPI and BPI as a standard to measure your success in getting into the, the NCAA tournament, and that's one of the things that we'll talk about when college basketball rolls around full time. But their RPI and BPI were far superior than some of the teams that got in over them in the, in the tournament, and... I don't think that a team should be judged, and they are. I don't think a team should be judged on four or five games in a row over an entire season. I just don't think, especially when you're talking mid-majors, and especially the Ivy League, because the Ivy League a couple years ago had Cornell and Yale that were pretty much undefeated and beat several ranked teams in the course of the season, and they didn't. only one of them got in, and I thought that was an atrocity. And it was... It's one of those things that when it comes to college basketball, I'm very passionate and very outspoken, and Jimmy will tell you I have made several predictions that have come true, especially in the realm of college basketball, and it is one of those things. Look at you, Gary Domin. It, it, is, it is one of those things that when it comes to college basketball, I think the NCAA has this. I think they have the tournament they need, but the setup and how to get into it is completely jacked up, and they need to rework it. Speaking of Temple, uh, Trevor, they do have a pretty 
We'll just see how good Temple is this weekend. They play Notre Dame on Saturday. Notre Dame. Yeah, and then as I mentioned, Houston's playing Vanderbilt. I don't know what Memphis has on their schedule, but anyway. right. So should be interesting. All three, all, at least two of the three, are pretty high octane offenses. And Memphis plays Tulane, so they shouldn't have no problem. Tulane sucks. They're favored by thirty and a half. Yeah, Tulane is awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tulane is awful. I, I've, I've, I've followed Tulane a few times through the year. They're 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 a bad team. Exactly. So with that, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to preview Louisville Wake Forest, get into a little Greg Hardy uh, and what would happen with him on Sunday, and talk a little Arizona Cardinals, plus our pickums, all that and more, and your phone calls, 502-384-1450, Triple Threat Talk, presented by Kentucky Personal Defense on 1450, the Sports Buzz, WXVW. We'll be right back. So high and they made the bugles ring. We stood beside our cotton bales and didn't say a thing. We fired our guns and the British kept a coming. There wasn't as many as there was a while ago. We fired once more and they began to run it. On down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. Welcome back to Triple Threat Talk, presented by Kentucky Personal Defense. Apparently, this has turned into Folk Song Tuesday. For the record, I, I have heard this song before. Okay. You just didn't know. You just didn't know you'd heard it. I didn't know your renditions, but uh, yeah, I'd recognize the well, song. Our rendition, eighteen fourteen. It is the Battle of New Orleans. Is the name, the okay. name of the song. All right. Along if you listen to the opening lyrics, it kind of gives it away. I mean. So exactly. So Louisville Cardinals this week had a little bit of a battle with Boston College. Uh, seven, that game was basically unwatchable. That, that game was horrible. It was just as bad as the Kentucky Mississippi State game. Speaking of which, quick uh, not of which was Louisville to, to go back to the subject. It is currently three to three now, top of the seventh Mets and Royals. A lot of offense in that game. Yep, and then the Mets with two on uh, just uh, could not get any, get them in. Fly ball. So it's going to the bottom seven. Speaking right. of offense and games lacking offense, the uh, Louisville Cardinals and Boston uh, Boston College Eagles get uh, one offensive touchdown for the game. One. Oh, no. That's I, crazy. I'm yawning over here just thinking Yeah, I know, it. right? You're putting <laughs> you back to sleep. I know it's 1030. Y'all going to bore me now. You're I'm going back to bed. So – what do you gain I'm from this? If NASCAR rep segment, stop it. <laughs> if you're, I mean, in all honesty, what do you gain? If, if you gain a W in the win column, if, that's if, about it. If you're, well, <laughs> is that all that matters. In, though? I mean, yeah, it I mean, is all that matters. But in in a game, you know, just in a in a year where you're look as a Louisville fan, you're looking for something to take from this, take positive take from this. Besides the W in the win column, uh, what do you take away? The only positive I took away from it was the fact that. Our defense pretty much did its job against an offense that's horrible. The off the Boston College what, offense is weren't horrible. they expected to do that job though? Horrible. Yeah, weren't they expected but, to do that on job? On the other hand, Boston College defense as bad as their offense is, their defense is just as good. To quote Tim McGuire, Tim McGuire, and that's true. Yeah. That great quote. I mean, I'm not real shocked. I mean, I predicted the score seventeen ten, so I really wasn't really shocked. I guess at the score, right. But Louisville not scoring a single point in the entire second half. Well, no. only one team did this. Boston and that was College Boston touchdown. College, yeah. but they still scored. And that was off a blocked punt, blocked which was punt. an offensive touchdown, yeah. 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 So, can, you, can you name who the quarterback that came in in the second half was for Boston College? No. And do you know why I ask you that? No. Because his uncle is someone pretty famous. Yes. And then do you know who played for Boston College that's rather famous? Well, his the, there's been a few. Short, of, short like, guy. Um, Short guy, Flutie. 
Yes. Yeah, I was going to say nephew, Flutie. His nephew his, now plays his for Boston nephew, okay. College. I was going to say Doug well, Flutie. I was going to say Doug. Well, Troy Flutie, who's the quarterback in question. Uh, yes. His dad played at Boston College. His dad was a receiver on that BC team that Doug was a quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Just By the way, just random fact, uh, Boston Manning College the- actually does have a one-acre campus overseas. Has a what a what a one acre campus, college campus overseas. Which, which I think it's in Scotland. Over which sea? Scotland or Ireland. <laughs> I can't remember which one. Nice. But I was like, that's a rather like interesting fact. Three quarters of the world is water. I mean, go on. So down there. their 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 <laughs> opponent this week isn't much better. No. But uh, another, but judging from last week, who are we to tell? Yeah, who are we to tell? But uh, well, well, the team they play this week beat Boston College three yeah. to nothing. Ooh, it's true. Yeah. Talk about a offensive juggernaut. <laughs> what a slobber knocker, Woo. Trevor. Yeah. So uh, Louisville, a twelve-point road favorite at Wake Forest. Uh, I know uh, the gentleman filling in for Nick earlier was that his cousin? Yes, it's JD. Yeah. JD. Uh, he he said if the game since the games at Wake Forest there might be like three hundred and seventy-five people in attendance <laughs> at, at the Wake Forest Stadium on Friday night. Uh, depending on the weather, uh, I mean, uh, I haven't seen a forecast yet, but uh, I think this is going to be another uh, eh, another yawner. Another yawner, but I think Louisville will win. I don't like that spread. I think Louisville will win by seven. Uh, I think this is one of those you just survive, get another W, and you move on. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, really. I don't think Louisville is really going to get in a whole lot of trouble. Well, Syracuse might be a problem for him. Pittsburgh might be a problem. Pittsburgh top twenty-five. Pittsburgh's team. top twenty-five yeah. team. Yeah. That'll definitely Pittsburgh be, a, be problem. a problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, looking at Louisville's schedule, you've got uh, maybe best case scenario three and two there too. I don't think that's impossible. Yeah, so, yeah um, I mean, I, th- I think they'll beat Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah, Virginia, Virginia, gonna, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Kentucky. is a loss, and I think Kentucky's a coin flip. And they should I, be I probably course. agree with that. So yeah. three three and two, probably somewhere in that area. What do you think, Trevor? Uh, what's their main schedule? They play I Wake Forest, three and two. Syracuse, Virginia, Pittsburgh, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, the Kentucky's the, the hard, Pittsburgh's the hardest game, followed by Kentucky, right. followed by Syracuse, even though I think they have injury issues with their quarterback. Uh, I think he got hurt. In the, their starting quarterback got hurt in the last game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen, looked up, or any, done any homework on his eligibility, his availability, because he is their offense. And Virginia's been somewhat bad, but I mean, they played they played Louisville tough last year. But it's at Louisville they shot a snoop because I think it was at Virginia last year. Right. Yeah. Uh, how many games is that total? Five. There's five games. I think if they can beat, if they can beat Kentucky, they'll go four and one. I'm. I'm thinking more three and two. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Whoever said that? Yeah, that I me. said I said three and two. Yeah, well, I think we both scenario, said three and two. I, yeah. I said if they beat Kentucky, they'll be four and one. I I mean I'm not, I'm actually still assuming Kentucky could be a win at three and two. I mean okay. I see Pittsburgh could be a loss, and I could see a slip up anywhere so, between probably so. Kentucky, Syracuse, and Virginia. I don't think Wake Forest should be a slip up, but I don't think I agree with you. I don't think they'll cover either. Exactly. Exactly. Wake so. Forest offensively is. Better than obviously Boston College, and they gave Louisville some fits last year with the passing game. It was obviously a sloppy game; it was twenty to ten, but that was at Louisville. But Wake Forest's defense is not one of the better defenses in the ACC, and clearly not as good as Boston College's. As Boston College's defense is, but and running wise, they uh, they've struggled heavily against the run. Last year, Louisville ran all over them. Uh, of course, last year with Bonifon was our starting quarterback in his first start too, so you can take that with a grain of salt from how the game resulted. But, True, uh, but Western, but. Wake Forest gives up roughly about 180 yards rushing a game, so 
Louisville, if they can establish the run, which would be a nice thing to do. Yes, very uh, much it could so. Be, it could be a close game, but still a win nonetheless. Exactly. Escape with a win and get out. That's all you can add. In the end, it's all it is is a win. Exactly. So uh, moving on from that, we move to uh, the pro side of football, the NFL and the Doc. Uh, wanted to talk about the, uh, I guess you could say the shenanigans on the sideline by one Mr. Greg Hardy. Uh, on Sunday, but, yeah, I, I. But what I find interesting before you get yeah, into this ahead. is just uh, several hours ago, even after all that has happened on Sunday, good old Jerry Jones would like to extend Greg Hardy's deal for the year. Of end. course he would. Why? <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> you know, Jerry Jones' biggest problem of success like the biggest obstacle in Jerry Jones's way is Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I strongly believe that because when when you're talking about when you're talking about somebody who who is trying to he's probably the best owner in the league who's also the worst general manager in the league. I I honestly think so because when you're talking about promoting the Dallas Cowboys, no one does a better job promoting their team than Jerry Jones. It just doesn't happen. Not Robert Kraft, not Jed York, nobody. But as far as, you know, just because you're a billionaire, and this is the problem anywhere somebody works, just because you're the boss or you know the boss doesn't doesn't mean you make the right decisions. My company just made a horrible decision regarding a, a new station that they're putting up. And it's just because the president of the company wanted it there. I got, I'm got. i here to tell him it's going to fail in the first year. And I've told people that, too. I've told higher-ups that, too, because I know the area. I know what's going to happen. So the moral of the story is just because somebody has money mm-hmm. and is the boss doesn't always mean that they make the right decision. And Jerry Jones, unfortunately, has been the victim of several bad decisions back to 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 back. His last good decision, I would say, was getting Deion Sanders from the 49ers to win their third Super Bowl. I, I Their third Super Bowl in the 90s. I, I think that that's probably his best decision, and his last greatest decision. I don't, I don't think Jason Garrett's the man for the job down there. I think... I think somebody who whoever's going to be successful in in Dallas has got to find a way to stand up respectively, respectfully to Jerry Jones and convince him to move it out. Now his son almost did it last year. His son was telling dad, you know, let them do this. You know, we got this. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett can do this, but then kind of toward the end of the season that started to go away. Right, and especially with the when they picked up Greg Hardy. You know, Greg Hardy can play. No one's arguing. He, he's got three sacks this year. I mean, the, the, he, he can play. And that's with being suspended the first yeah, four games. Yeah, and that's with being suspended the first four games. That's why three sacks is an incredible number for him because, what, we're going into week seven. So, I mean, the the fact he's played like two or three games and has three sacks already, the kid can play defensively. I mean, he, there's no doubt about it. But at the same time, you don't want a troublemaker on your team. And, you know, I don't disagree with what he was doing. I disagree with the method of which he was doing it. Because you don't go in and slap a slap a, 
special, uh, teams, special coach. teams coach's board out of their hands yeah. and getting to And you definitely don't want Des Bryant in your and face then, because then, Des Bryant is the face of the Dallas Cowboys right now. It's not Tony Romo. It's Des Bryant. And Des Bryant was getting in your face too. That's the one guy on the Cowboys besides Jerry Jones right now you don't want to have on your bad side. And the fact that Jerry Jones continuously wants to take up for him and cover yeah. up for him and saying that his t- tantrum was more the actions of one of the real leaders on this team. So you're telling me that the leadership on this team and the leader on this team is because of that is what you call leadership? Yeah, I, Stuff like that? That's BS. Come on, Jerry Jones. You're better than that. Well, maybe you're not, but still. He's not. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. And, you know, he is a head case, to say the least. Uh, Greg Hardy. I was going to say, who? which one, well, Jerry both, Jones or both, Greg both, Hardy? Both, really. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, you knew that going in. You knew of his past troubles going in that he's a bit of a, a head case. He's going to be somebody you're going to have to work with, you're right. going to have to deal with. So this is no surprise, these out, outbursts. But, I mean, Des Bryant has been no stranger to his outburst either and, o- over the years. Oh, no. and But here's so, the thing, too. At what point do we stop calling the Dallas Cowboys America's team? I no, mean, they're not America's they're not, team. They haven't been America's team in several decades. But people still refer to them as America's team. I think it's time to move on. And as much as it hates, as much as I hate to say this, I think we have to face the fact that right now America's team is the Patriots. I, you know, despite the cheating and despite... <sighs> Despite you know the questionable decisions, people still relate more to the Patriots than they do any other team. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why. Because if I had to pick a team right now that's America's team, it would not surprisingly be San Francisco. But it probably would be, I it would probably be the Titans or the Colts or or the Broncos, America's team. I I think those three teams have much more cases to be America's team. The Titans because they're an underdog story. And I, I, everybody loves an underdog. The Colts, because Andrew Luck seems to be one of the most favored quarterbacks out there right now. And the Broncos, because, you know, who knows? Peyton Manning, people still love Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's a fantastic character. Uh, and, you know, the, the Broncos organization has been through so much. And for them to have success now under the guise of Peyton Manning for the last three years is, is speaks volumes for them. So those three teams right there, I, I could make a case for for being America's team. And, you know, some people might even throw the Browns in there, too. And keep in mind, to be America's team, you don't have to win. You just have to capture the hearts of the nation. Exactly. And I think those three teams, have those three and four teams, have done a fantastic job of that because, I mean, the Cleveland Browns just had a movie made about them, uh, Draft Day. I mean, fantastic movie, too. But, I mean, hey, it was a good movie. That movie. It horrible. was a good movie. Hey, Trevor, Browns fans hated it. Trevor, did you, it was a good movie. Did you see Compared that? Compared uh, to watching a turd float? <laughs> you're too critical. I'm glad you're not a movie critic. Oh, man. You'd be out of a job. Man, no, no, that person who financed that movie would be out of a job. Hey, did you, did you see that new uh, thing that? Uh, they're debuting this weekend on QVC, uh, the Tony Romo cologne. Oh, my gosh. Smells like seen, crap. I'm not seeing that. <laughs> no, apparently if you wear it, the other guy scores. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know. That, so, right, that joke right there was more entertaining than the entire draft day movie. There you way. go. So with that, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap up the show with our favorite segment, Pick'ems. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. Triple Threat Talk presented by Kentucky Personal Defense. 
You're on 1450 The Sports Buzz WXVW. We'll be right back. My favorite artist of all time, one Mr. Tom Petty, being backed up there by his heartbreakers. Running down the drain that never would come to me. By the way, the duet with him and Stevie Nicks breaks my heart every time I hear it. I love it. Which one? His duet with uh, Quit Dragging My Heart Around. It's, stop Dragging My stop, Heart Around. Yeah, it's great. It's a great stop song. Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Anyways, welcome back to Triple Threat Talk, brought to you by Kentucky Personal Defense. Before we move on to Pickham's. I wanted to make a statement here. Now, this could this is a little bit of a risky statement, but bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> By the way, uh, can you name the supergroup Tom Petty was a member of? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. No, that's the band. The supergroup. A supergroup is a, is a collection of multiple band members that come together to make a. It was something album. with Stevie Nick. It was something with Fleetwood Mac. No, and, it wasn't Stevie Nick. No, I mean one of. I think it was the drummer of Fleetwood Mac. Um, Mac Fleetwood. Mac Fleetwood. <laughs> no, and that's incorrect. <laughs> um, that's his name. It's Mac Fleetwood. But I, I can't remember. It was Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, and Roy Orbison with Tom Petty, and they formed the Traveling Wilburys. That's pretty cool. Pretty good. Album. I think I remember that. They only did two albums because Roy Orbison died. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that when. When Roy dies, yeah. When he passed away, they 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 uh, they they obviously had to stop. They I think it was like eighty seven, eighty six. They were they were just finishing their second album they did together when he passed away in eighty eight. So, good so, stuff. So, over I'm kind of noticing something with the Bruce Arian system of coaching. Okay, and now this is going with Arizona. Now I want you to stick with me here, Chris Johnson. With the exception of, you know, he, really his breakout year was 2000 and, 2009. He had 2,006 yards, 14 touchdowns. That was his banner year. CK2K. Yep, CK2K. Absolutely. So CK2K then start dramatically decreasing his production, okay? The years following 2009, so this is 2010 up to 2014, all right? 1,364, 1047, 1243, 1077. And last year, he only started six games, but did play in all 16, 663 yards. So a dramatic drop off. Um, And touchdowns, he did score a fair amount of touchdowns. Um, I'd say his touchdown to yard ratio was better in 2010. He had 11 uh, 11 touchdowns, 1,364 yards. So definitely his touchdown to yardage ratio is definitely a lot better in that case. But after that, four, six, six, and one. So this year in 2015, under the Bruce Arian system in Arizona, 567 yards uh, through, you know, what are we at? Seven games, five games started um, with three touchdowns. It's pretty good. Uh, now, I also want to talk about Chris or Carson Palmer here. Carson Palmer, his. Completion percentage, and his, I'm sorry, his QBR has steadily was steadily going down, okay? Uh, in 2007 uh, with the Bengals, 59.29. 2008, 
2008, 47.39. 2009, 51.35. 2010, 40.65. Uh, switching to Oakland, just abysmal there, 57.87. 45 to 51, 45.51, 51.11. Uh, his first year with Arizona, but Bruce Arians was not there. Bruce Arians not there. The previous 67.69 kind of kind of perked up a little bit. And this year right now he's cruising steady at an 80.01. Pretty freaking good. So here's the thing. Here's I, I'm wondering, and this is kind of what I've been thinking about the in, for a lot of this week. And I would cherish anybody's input here. Um, what is it that Bruce Arians is doing differently? that is helping people succeed that weren't that did succeed at one time but that haven't in quite a while and that includes that includes Chris Johnson and and Carson Palmer like i i'm wondering I, mean, I know Bruce Arians is a good coach and i know it's usually all about the system but usually the system helps one one person but in this case it has dramatically helped two people and I, th- I think that's just fantastic. I don't think it's as – listen, I think Bruce Aaron is an excellent coach, but I think it's more of a perfect storm where way you have Chris Johnson who had only only had one good year. Year After that, he was pretty much crap. He Every run, he tried to run big. Every play, he tried to break a, a 70-yard. Yeah, I agree. Gus Johnson would say, show his getting away from the cop speed. Uh, and, and now that he's kind of realized he was kind of left on the back burner and, and this was his last chance to maybe get back in the league, and I think he's taking advantage of it and showing the talent that he – kind of forgot that he was with Carson Palmer. I, I, I think it's more of there wasn't a decline as it was just injuries. I mean, he just had injuries. He had a bad Oakland Raiders team that he that had surrounded him. The Raiders made a mistake by letting him go right away. I think when Palmer is healthy and he is right now, I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think Aaron, I don't, I don't want to say that it has nothing to do with Bruce Aaron's system. Cause I think, I do think Bruce Aaron's is a good coach, but I think it's more of a coincidence in the timing of those two coming together than it is Aaron's producing, making them better. Okay. I think, I think if you put the Colts or that, put the Bruce Arians back with the Colts, they have a winning record. Uh, I don't know unless he can play left tackle. That, that's uh, unless uh, he can do that. Look how successful they were when he was the coach. Well, well, but was it one year? He was, I know, like, but I'm just saying that ever since then with Pagano, they went downhill. I, I just, part. you know, it was one of those things. I, I think was, he is a better coach. I don't know if they'd be, I mean, they probably winning record. I don't know. I wouldn't say they were for, to be drastically better, though, because they do have right. many of holes on that team. It was just one of those things I was pondering this weekend because I was like, you know, these numbers are are pretty phenomenal for these two to come together. So, yeah. All right, so let's get into pickums here. Four we'll three Mets, by the way. Now ro- rocket fire here on these pickums. We'll start with the doc. Doc first game of the week: Forty ers at Rams. Rams nine point favorite. Despite what happened last week, I do think the Niners do cover this week. I I'm going to say the Niners with the caveat that the Rams win. Uh, give me the Niners, uh, but Rams win. Where was it at? I was playing. <laughs> what was the line again? I'm just teasing. I Rams remember. by nine. At home against the uh, – and I, this is why I told you to tell me the games earlier. I love being last. Why do I keep going last, Because you're ahead. Oh, okay. Just curious. Uh, yes, uh, I kind of agree with Doc. I'll take the uh, the Niners to cover the spread but not win the game. All right. We're all in agreement there. The Bengals at the Steelers, the returning Big Ben Roethlisberger. The Bengals that, at – Is that set in stone, by the way? Yes. Okay. I'm almost positive, yes. Uh, Bengals one and a half road favorite. One and a half. So okay. So Bingos are one and a half road favorite. Road favorite. 
I um, is it one o'clock? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the reason I ask is because I, I think I don't is know. because yeah, they, Andy. Do- they don't play. They play their, their first primetime game is against the Browns on Thursday and, night in two weeks. Andy, so they're going to lose that one. Probably. Andy Dalton is phenomenal. One o'clock games. His record speaks for himself. It's even better at home, but that record is still there. I'm I'm going to take the the Bengals. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers at home. And you can gain a game on us. I'm going to go Bengals as well. All right. The Jets at the Raiders. The Jets a one-and-a-half road favorite. Um, The Raiders the last couple weeks have been phenomenal. Just I know the Jets right now number one defense in the league. Um, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna take the Raiders. The Raiders have made a believer. Uh, made a believer out of me the last few weeks. Give me the Raiders at home. Raiders getting a point and a half at home. Yes. Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, damn you for picking that game. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm gonna take. Uh, hey, it's four three in the baseball game. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'm gonna go Raiders. All right, so we're all in agreement there with the Raiders. Oh, crap. Sunday night football. The <laughs> Green pay attention to what y'all pick. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Bay Packers travel to Denver to take on the Peyton Manning and the Broncos, a battle of the unbeatens. The Packers, a two-and-a-half road favorite in Denver. Wow, there is no room there at all. <laughs> Golly. Uh, I do think the Packers win. I, I Obviously, I think they're going to win it outright. Uh... I think with the week, they both had a week off, so give me the Broncos at home. Packers. All right. And the final game, Colts-Panthers at Panthers. Panthers, a seven-point favorite. Um, The Panthers cover easily. Panthers in a walk. Colts at Panthers? Yes. Panthers, what was the line again? Seven. Seven. Uh, who who was the favorite? <laughs> Carolina. Carolina's giving seven to at Carolina. <laughs> Shut up! I got forty seconds. Uh, <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take Colts. Do, 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 All right, do, 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 not to win, but to cover the seven. <laughs> okay. All right, so you think the Panthers win, but you'll take the Colts in the spread. Yeah, I'll take the Colts in the spread. All right, so that wraps up Pickums and the show this week. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We have no idea what day we'll be on next week, no but clue. stay tuned. I won't be here. The you can doc- find that out at Triple Threat Talk on Facebook. Exactly. The doc will be here, as will Trevor. So for that, this is Postmaster Jones saying good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Triple Threat Talk.